Hi, everyone. This is our sixth and final episode in our six-part series on Anytime, Anywhere Payments in partnership with the Leaders and Payments podcast. In this episode, we summarize the last five episodes. To sum up the series, we discuss how our smartphones have become an extension of who we are and how Gen Z and COVID accelerated our mission to make the best payment, the payment that never happens. So let's start the podcast now. This special series of the Leaders in Payments podcast, titled Be Solid, is brought to you in collaboration with NMI, the fully integrated payment solution built to scale. In this six-part series, we'll explore the ability to accept payments anytime, anywhere, using any device. We'll dive deep into mobile acceptance via contactless, tap-on-phone, QR codes, and digital wallets. Merchants and their customers have expectations around omnichannel commerce, and we'll explore how we got here and what is coming in the future. As we know, COVID accelerated both mobile and omnichannel commerce, but now what? In a world full of squares and stripes, be solid. I think the key here is to meet the consumer where and when they want to make a payment. And Greg, if you had asked me that question a few years ago, I would have said anytime, anywhere payments is about removing friction for the payment experience. That was the sort of the fashion or the goal of the industry a few years ago. Today, I would put it more simply, the best payment experience is the one that never happened. That's what happens when you order, get in and get out of an Uber. There's no authentication. There's no checkout flow. It just disappears into the background. And that's what we want to bring to the entire economy. That was Vijay Sandhi, the CEO of NMI, and he is my special guest on this episode, episode 277 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. As we complete our deep dive into the Be Solid campaign brought to you by NMI, Vijay and I talk about the theme of this entire six-part series, Anytime, Anywhere Payments. Vijay and I talk about the concept of the payment experience that never happened and how segments of our industry like the ISOs, ISVs, Payfax, and banks should think about Anytime Anywhere payments. We've got a great episode ahead, so let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our final episode of our Anytime Anywhere Payments series in collaboration with NMI. We've covered a lot of ground so far in this series, including episodes on text-to-pay, digital wallets, unattended retail, Omnichannel Commerce, QR Payments, and more. So my special guest on this episode is NMI CEO, Vijay Sandi. So Vijay, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Greg. Absolutely. So tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe a little personal and professional background information. I grew up in Vancouver, Canada, and I was one of those kids that learned how to program in high school. You know, there was a computer lab and I ended up getting kicked out of the lab when the janitor wanted to lock up the computer science room. Ended up uh, going to university and studying computer science, became a software engineer for about three years. And then through joining a startup, became product manager, eventually made it to being CFO a few times, and eventually CEO in the consumer payments part of the fintech industry. And getting to NMI, well, I spent five years at the Visa Global Headquarters in San Francisco before becoming the CEO, excuse me, here five years ago. Okay, great. Well, tell us about NMI. What does NMI do? So NMI is first and foremost an enabler. We provide payments infrastructure through the payments industry. 
And we enable our partners who are a variety of uh, walks of life, independent software vendors, ISVs, ISOs, banks, fintech innovators, and folks that want to take payments in any modality. What I mean by that is whether it's dipping, tapping, swiping at a point of sale, online, in-app purchase, you name it. We want to make sure that our partners can take payments where the consumer wants to pay. And our value proposition is that we offer choice, flexibility, and modularity, and we do it at scale. So an example of choice is 200 processors, 30 EMB devices. We do tap to mobile. We cover sign up to merchant management to gateway processing. And we are a small company, only about 500 people. But I like to say we punch way above our weight class. We process over $200 billion of payment volume through our pipes, which amounts to about 2 billion transactions for about 400,000 merchants. So let's dive into the topic at hand, which of course is anytime, anywhere payment. So let's start at the 50,000 foot level. When you hear that theme or that term, any, anytime, anywhere payments, what do you think of? I think the key here is to meet the consumer where and when they want to make a payment. And Greg, if you had asked me that question a few years ago, I would have said anytime, anywhere payments is about removing friction for the payment experience. That was the sort of the fashion or the goal of the industry a few years ago. Today, I would put it more simply. The best payment experience is the one that never happened. That's what happens when you order, get in and get out of an Uber. There's no authentication. There's no checkout flow. It just disappears into the background. And that's what we want to bring to the entire economy. As I think about these things, one of the common denominators is really the smartphone. So can you speak to the evolution of being able to pay with your phone? I think just to ground ourselves, I I think it's great that we call these things phones. When my daughter was younger, uh, she played with my iPhone and I couldn't find the phone icon on the phone. And she said, I moved your icons around and I deleted the phone app. And I said, what do you mean the phone app? And she said, well, that's just a stupid app. No one uses it. So I just got rid of it. And I kind of laughed and I thought to myself, for the next generation, a phone is actually an internet connected device that is always on and it has security and authentication. And that makes it the ideal vehicle to make and receive payments. When we think back, did it really start with just like a website on the phone and you could put your credentials in and now we've evolved to the tap on phone kind of technology? I mean, is that where you've seen the evolution? I think there's a a kind of two ways to answer that question. I think the first one is if we go back to the beginning of the internet, it's incredible. It's, you know, 20 years ago, 23 years ago, whatever, dot com, you know, boom and bust. We had people buying things online on a website with a checkout flow. And uh, that was the advent of the gateway. NMI was actually founded around 2001 when those shopping carts were a new thing. Then we moved to this idea of making purchases in-app on a phone. And now we are actually in the world of software-led payments and actually automated payments that happen in the background. So I think it's the first way to slice that. I think the second way is if we go back to the physical credit card and the card reader, those are effectively two pieces of hardware. A physical credit card has an EMV chip on it today. That's actually a CPU with memory. It gets electricity by pulling it from the reader. And the card reader is, is basically a mini kind of computer that can take a cryptogram. So there's all this like incredibly complex technology and there's data storage on a phone with a secure enclave and the ability to take payment credentials and to encrypt this and send it over the network. 
guess what? All of that stuff is on the phone and we don't need any of that hardware. So that's kind of a little bit of where it came from and where it's headed to. I thought it was interesting in my conversation with Jenny Chang, who's the VP and GM of Google Wallets, as she was talking about payments is such an important part of the wallet, but really it's everything else that everyone else wants, right? You want your ID, whether it's a state-issued ID or whatever, you want your your tickets to your concert are on there. I mean, your phone is really replacing keys to your car, keys to your hotel room. I mean, that phone is becoming such a central part of everyone's lives. It was just interesting to hear her talk about that. I love that perspective. Recently, I was on a business trip from San Francisco to Salt Lake City. It was about a year and a bit ago. The travel muscle, memory muscle hadn't come back from the COVID lockdown days. And I got out of my Uber at San Francisco airport and I went, oh, crap, I left my wallet at home. So I thought, what do I do now? Do I miss my flight, go home and get my wallet? And I said, wait a minute, I use Clear, which has biometric authentication to get through security and TSA pre. I can get to the airline because I got my boarding pass with a QR code on the phone. And so I proceeded to go through my trip. I got to the airport. Hertz wouldn't let me take the car out because I needed a driver's license. So I hopped into another Uber, checked into the Hilton with a key card on my phone and did an entire business trip without having my wallet. So what I learned was if the house is burning and I get to choose one thing, keys, wallet or phone, you know which one I'm going to take. It's central to all these sub themes that we've had during during this series. I mean, when you think about obviously text to pay and wallets and unattended retail and basically omni-channel commerce, I mean, that's a little more because you've got online and in store, but you obviously have to have the phone and then QR code payment. So all of them have that phone as a central part of it. But when you think about this concept of anytime, anywhere payments, and then you think of the segments of the industry that NMI serves, so the ISVs, the ISOs, Payfax, banks. So when you, what would your advice be to them or what do you think about from their perspective about this topic? I think there's some commonality across those groups and then there's some differentiation. And so let me try to unpack it. The commonality part, all of these groups, ISVs, ISOs, Payfax, banks, they are all trying to solve the same problem, make it easy to take a payment and to make a payment while keeping everyone safe and secure. And so I think we need to just ground ourselves that the whole point of this complex credentialing system in the way we make payments today is about safety, security, and reliability. People can't steal my money. Fraudulent consumers can't take my goods. And unknown consumer to unknown pay, uh, merchant can make a payment and be guaranteed settlement. So that's what we're all trying to do. And they're just trying to do it from different angles. Now, if we break down those four groups, let's go through the ISVs, independent software vendors or, or software-led payments, they're mainly solving for a UI UX in their vertical. Maybe it's a yoga studio software company or medical dental. They're trying to make it really easy for the doctors or dental office to take a payment, but they're really solving for everything else inside the dental and doctor's office, pull up the records, scheduling, reminders. And so it's a second order goal for an ISV to have payments at the forefront. The first order goal is the best software experience for their vertical. Now, the ISOs are really trying to enable their merchants to get up and running as instantly as possible. And often they're fighting the battle of the ISVs taking over their market. So their goal has always been to make money off of payments. So I would say their first order goal is really around monetizing the payment flow. And their secondary goal is the UI UX or the you know user experience. 
that's changing. The ISVs and the ISOs are kind of colliding and becoming more like each other. And then just briefly, the last two, you know, Payfacts are enablers. So they themselves are focused on monetization, but they're trying to help the software companies get up and running quicker and maybe share some of the spoils. And banks, frankly, boy, they're just trying to capture their value and keep in the game because they're regulated and they're concerned about disintermediation from software platforms. That's interesting. I'm glad you kind of went through each one and sort of described it. So I appreciate that. So next topic is what's really driving this trend? I mean, I recently saw some stats that said, and this is no surprise, I think to anyone, 98% of Gen Z have a smartphone and 91% of those have had one since they were younger than 16 years old. So they are really driving, like you talked about earlier, just being able to do everything on your phone. Is that sort of what you're seeing that consumers are really driving this and merchants and these groups that you just talked about are kind of catching up? Or do you feel like merchants are helping to drive this trend as well? I think it's a pretty clear one-way answer. The Gen Zers are the ones that are leading the trend. And effectively, we, older consumers than Gen Zs and merchants, we are following their lead. And I think that when we look at what their lead is, well, the phone is actually an extension of their body, practically. When I look at my kids who are approaching 20 and 18, not really kids, young adults, but they can't imagine their life without the phone. That's one thing. And the other one is they have the attention span of a goldfish. And unfortunately, that's because they've grown up with the Instagrams and the TikToks and the Snapchats. So if they can't take a payment in an instance, in a nanosecond, the merchant has lost the sale. So speed and convenience are critical to that group and security and reliability are taken as a given. Whereas older consumers, maybe like myself, we were just amazed that it was secure and safe and it worked quickly. But these folks, they just want to get on and move on or they're going to another vendor. How do you think COVID had affected that? I mean, when you think about the changes that happened there, right? I mean, I think most people say it was an accelerator to all these things. Do you agree with that? I do. I think there were two elements to it. I think the first accelerator was, many of us remember, we had the order online pickup at the store and nobody wanted to touch anything. So a couple of things happened. One was contactless went through the roof because, you know, you didn't have to touch anything. NFC doesn't require a physical tap, even though people think it does. There's, there's a few inches away. And then other forms of eliminating the touch, like the QR code or even the uh, e-commerce payment online, and then just show an authentication to pick up the food or the goods. That was one accelerant. The other accelerant was that people just got more comfortable with new forms of paying with the phone and not with the point of sale. And I think the example of that one was things like the Starbucks app and the equivalents. They went through the roof. And of course, we're all now really used to sitting down at a restaurant, scanning a QR code, making the order, paying for the meal, and the food just appears. So that's now changed behavior. And it's basically... We used to think of the card present world as being the center of the solar system. It flipped it. Card not present is the center of the solar system. (laughs) And that meaning something not at a physical terminal. And then the card present is kind of the planet circling. So big accelerant, completely paradigm shifted. Well, when you think about this concept of anytime, anywhere payments, where do you think it's headed in the next, say, three to five years? I think that the biggest step change is going to be the elimination of what I call superfluous hardware talking to superfluous hardware. So if you think about, I'm a consumer, I've got a supercomputer in my pocket 
always on internet connected device. It has my biometric credentials. It's a much better form of authentication than a password or a PIN. It's either my face ID or my fingerprint. And the merchant has all kinds of computing infrastructure, including they probably have a phone in their pocket. Why am I taking out a metaphorical version? If you see the card art in the Apple wallet or the Google wallet, pretending like it's a piece of you know plastic and touching it to one of these EMV readers, it's absolutely ridiculous. We should just have the cloud talking to the cloud. So I think what you're going to see is we're going to solve the problem of keeping credentials safer and more secure using the phone. That's going to be cost savings because we're getting rid of hardware. Better UI UX. And I think the only spoiler alert here is I think it might take longer than three to five years. These cards and these readers are just going to be around for a lot longer than we think because ubiquitous acceptance and the network effect of these interoperable messages, Visa, MasterCard, Amex, you name it, it's going to take a little longer than three to five years, but the downward trend, it's there. So when we think about this anytime, anywhere payments trend, how are the products and services that NMI offers, how are you positioning those? I love that question because with disruption, we often think of winners and losers because the so-called Luddites that don't get on the innovation train are going to lose out. And that really is our business, is to make sure that our partners don't lose out. We take care of offering all the building blocks to enable the best payment experience for this new world as it emerges. So we have everything from tokenized payment credentials. We support the connectivity of 200 processors, tap-to-phone technology that is turning a phone not only into a wallet, but into a payment acceptance device. And we offer the ability to get to your instant onboarding type of merchant issuance by being able to choose your processor and acquiring bank. All of this happens by calling our APIs and SDKs. And so what we are in the business of is making sure that you can monetize payments, provide a superior experience. But most importantly, we want to future-proof the payment stack you get from us, because our job is to constantly be at the innovation edge, that as these new technologies emerge, you are up to date, and you are also able to rely on the older technology as a fallback. So really, we love the disruption, bring it on, and then we go to our partners and say, you probably should focus on your merchant servicing and let us take care of the technology payment enablement infrastructure. Obviously, we've covered a lot of ground about NMI, a little about your background, and a lot about the Anytime Anywhere payments. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up the show? If there's one thing that you take away from the discussion today, we talked about a lot of things. I would say if there's one thing, it is a call to action to all your listeners. Strive to deliver the best payment experience, which is the one that never happened. Whether you do that for yourself with NMI's help, with any other provider, we all want to help empower the consumer economy and the merchants that help the economy thrive. I think that's what drives the passion that I personally have and we have at NMI and the industry participants on your podcast, Greg, is we want to make the money flow because money is what makes the world go round. And so just meet the consumer where they want and everything else will follow. I think that's some great advice. VJ, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know your time is very valuable. So again, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Greg. Goodbye. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for listening to this episode in our special series, Be Solid, brought to you by NMI, the fully integrated payment solution built to scale. For more information on Anytime, Anywhere payments and this episode, please visit nmi.com forward slash resources forward slash podcasts. 
And remember, in a world full of squares and stripes, be solid.